As we begin today, watch this. All of us long to know where we came from and where the story of our life is going. Is life just a series of random experiences? Or is there a cohesive story? And if there is, who's writing it? Do we write it ourselves? Or is there a master storyteller weaving it all together, making sense of all the randomness and bringing beauty out of chaos? Discover the story of your life. I believe that God is the master storyteller who along with each one of us is actually weaving together the story of our life. And God tells us something important in the story in our lives in 1 Kings 8, verse 58 in the message. May God keep us centered and devoted to him, following the life path he has cleared, watching the signpost, walking at the pace and rhythm he has laid down. Now, the life path that God has cleared for us is the story of your life. And as you follow your life's path, you'll be watching the signpost, which show you which way to go, walking at the pace and the rhythm that he has laid down. Because to actually see your life's signposts and read them clearly along the way, you have to be walking at God's pace and walking at God's right rhythm along the way. Or else you won't see them clearly. You may miss some of them in your journey through life. And thus, your pace and your rhythm in life, it's so very important. And it's kind of weird, however, we never really think about the pace of our life or the rhythm of our life, do we? Except in rather external and superficial ways. Like when we think, hey, I'm doing way too much and I need to slow down and take it easy. Or on the other hand, we think, oops, I got so much to do. I need to work faster to get it all done. But those kinds of things are much more about pace than they are about rhythm. Because rhythm is much more what we see in the interplay of slowing down and speeding up in things like auto racing, dancing, or surfing. For instance, in the rhythm of auto racing, you slow down in the curves, you speed up in the straights, and in the yellow caution, you slow down. In the rhythm of dancing, you speed up and you slow down and you speed up. In surfing, you speed up to take off, you slow down to get into the tube, and then after that, you speed up to get out of it. And all those rhythms are absolutely necessary for you to be your best in things like auto racing and dancing and surfing. But what happens if your rhythm in one of those three things gets off by a bit? Well, in the rhythm of auto racing, if you don't slow down the yellow caution flag, you're going to crash. And in the rhythm of dancing, if you don't slow down when you're supposed to, you're going to fall. And in the rhythm of surfing, if you don't speed up enough at takeoff, you're going to wipe out. And so all of these things are obvious, but it's not so obvious is that our being out of rhythm within ourselves also causes us to crash, causes us to fall, and cause us to wipe out within ourselves. It's not a place that any of us really want to be. So again... As 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 58, and the message tells us, May God keep us centered and walking at the pace and the rhythms that he has laid down. And so what are these rhythms that God has laid down? Well, frankly, some of these rhythms are for us to slow down at times in our lives. And some of these rhythms are for us to speed up at times in our lives. And what does that mean? Look with me at Proverbs 14.29 in the NIV, which tells us, A patient man has great understanding. Thus, there are times in our lives when God wants us to be patient. 
and thus in being patient to move more slowly. So when would those times be? Let me give you three instances that God wants us to move slowly in our lives. And the first is, God wants me to move slowly when I'm lacking the facts. Because if we don't have all the facts about something, we do what? We assume. And you know the saying about assuming, it makes a donkey out of you and me. But actually, our doing things without the facts is kind of in vogue these days. Because currently our culture just loves impulsiveness and spontaneity. And to plan something completely out isn't so highly respected by everyone. If you do that, then you're not cool. You're uptight. You're a party pooper. You are a buzzkill. Because thinking something completely out all the way with all the facts in hand looks very different than thinking something up that's fun and going with it. Because often all the facts put a damper on the frivolous, the impulsive, the less than best things for our lives. Proverbs chapter 18, 13 in the message puts it like this. What a shame. How stupid to decide before knowing the facts. Pretty much says it all. But even so, you know, there are lots of sayings going around these days which encourage us to do just the opposite of this. Like saying, just go with your gut. What if your gut's working to digest that burrito you ate last night? What kind of information are you going to get from beans and cheese? It's a terrible way to live your life just trusting your gut. And here's another one. You'll hear this in the TV and the movies, and it sounds so spiritual. Just follow your heart. Really? You see, from the heart, however, comes many of the half-baked schemes you ultimately have to battle with and then have to clean up the messes after. Like me, and I've confessed this many times, like getting my heart set at the very last minute on getting this three-wheeled motorcycle for Christmas. It turned out to be a half-baked idea, and it took me quite a while to unprocess that. Jeremiah 17th chapter, verses 9 and 10, in the message confirms this saying, The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, but I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. You see, we all need a source of truth bigger than ourself as an objective source of truth. It pretty much says it all. So to move on according to the rhythm of life that God has for you and for me, it's about something that is greater than us. And it'll save us from a lot of crashes, falls, and wipeouts in life if we can get into that rhythm. Here's the second thing that God's rhythm for your life says, that I should move slowly when I'm hurt or angry. How many times have we regretted something we said or we did when we were upset? That's because when you're angry, the rhythm of your life is riding high on your emotions, inviting you to quickly lay down the sure foundation for a crash or a wipeout or a fall. James 1st chapter, verse 19 in the NIV puts it like this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. See the rhythm there? Quick to listen, slow to speak. We tend to do what? We tend to get it backwards. We're usually slow to listen and we're quick to speak in order to get our point across, in order to get our two cents worth in. We're slow to listen to others' points of view, what they have to say in their perspective. It's the source of so many of the world's problems today. By the way, if you do these first two, if you're quick to listen, you're slow to speak, then the third one almost more or less becomes automatic, which is slow to become angry. And that's a very important part of the rhythm of your life that God has laid before you. Proverbs 14, 29, in the message, adds this. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. 
And when you stockpile anything, that means that you have it hanging around, you keep it, and then you have trouble getting rid of it. Remember Y2K? When some people thought because computers only displayed the last two digits of a year, that when the year 1999 displayed as 99, turned into year 2000 displayed as 00, that somehow it would make them think that it was 1900 again when there weren't computers. And the whole world order and banking and ability to sell and buy things would crash. Some people were quick to buy into that. They stockpiled a year or more of non-perishable food and water. How do you think they felt when nothing happened? And they had to eat all those cans of pork and beans and SpaghettiOs and Spam and dry pack meals over and over and over again for months and months and months. Why? Because they stockpiled them. And it took a very long time to get rid of them. So don't stockpile stupidity if you don't want it hanging around. So go slowly. Go very slowly when anger pops up as a possibility of some place that you could go. Thus, move slowly when you're lacking all the facts. Move slowly whenever you're hurt or you're angry. And thirdly, I'm to move slowly when I'm making a major life decision. Proverbs 22.3, and the good news warns us in this way. It says, an unthinking person will walk right into trouble and regret it later. In other words, don't walk quickly into trouble when it comes to major life decisions. In fact, God wants you to move slowly in such directions. For the other half of Proverbs 22.3, and the good news says, sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it. Because when you move slowly in major life decisions, you can more clearly see what's coming up ahead, and it gives you time to avoid it. One area we see this in is with people finding each other and then suddenly wanting to get married. And most counselors helping people deal with marital problems have two words of advice for those who are following in the meet one day and marry several days or weeks or months later syndrome. Two words of advice, read my lips are, go slow. Because some people go out and find someone, get infatuated, Some describe as quiver in their liver, and they're ready to get married the next week. And they think they're going to spend the rest of their life with this person without ever really checking them out. Instead, counselors say you should go at least all four seasons with someone before you marry them. Winter, spring, summer, and fall, take the time before you make the call. Actually, I heard one counselor say, even need to see your potential partner when they have diarrhea, because ugly things like that come up in marriage. You need to see them not only at their best, but you need to see them at their worst. Dating is such a phony artificial experience with everyone acting their best, looking their best, smelling their best, dressing their best. It's a time when a guy will walk up to someone he does not even know and say, hey, can I buy you a drink? Where else in the world do you offer a stranger something? Can you imagine you're in Sears and you walk up to someone and say, hey, can I buy you a toaster? Or would you care for a blender? It's so phony. It's so fake. It's not the real deal. And you've got to see a potential spouse when they are up and when they are down because that's real life. And that doesn't come quickly. It takes time. Look at what Proverbs 4.26 in the English Standard Version has to say. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Now the word ponder in Old English means to really think about something, to particularly carefully consider something. So ponder the path of your feet means to carefully consider the direction of your life. 
if you do that carefully and consider the direction of life, then your ways will always be sure. Thus, pondering means what is it that I need to do today to get me to where I want to be tomorrow? Most of us, however, never really ask that question. And so we do have struggles in getting to where it is we want to be. As we're talking about this right now, what do I need to do today, particularly in opening my eyes to the fact that God has rhythm for my life? Well, you can start with moving slowly when I'm lacking all the facts, moving slowly whenever I'm hurt or angry, moving slowly whenever I'm making a major life decision. So slowing some things down within me is definitely a part of God's inner rhythm for my life. Ecclesiastes 8, chapter verse 6, and the good news tells us there is a right time and a right way to do everything, but we know so little. It's true. There is a right way and a right timing associated with that timing for everything in our lives. And that's what we're talking about, the rhythm of your life. Certainly, we have the thoughts at time to take it slow when information about something's incomplete. We have in mind to take it slow when we're hurt or we're angry. We have in mind to take it slow when we're making major life decisions. But it also says we've known so little when it comes to them being linked together as the rhythm of our lives with quickening other things to round out God's rhythm for our lives. And the first thing that God would like for any of us to quicken in life is to move quickly to do what God has told me to do. Now, those of us who have kids or have had kids, what happens if your child comes up to you and you say to them, I need you to do this right now? And they say, well, okay, I'll think about it. Be consequences to that, wouldn't there? We do it all the time with God. God puts on your heart, I want you to do this. Your response is, well, okay, I'll think about it. And we see in Mark's first chapter, verses 17 and 18 in the New Century Version, Jesus said to them, come, follow me. So Simon and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed him. Now, when Jesus said this to them, they didn't sit around thinking about it. If they had, the consequences would have been missing out on the greatest adventure of their lives, becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ and knowing him intimately. Same is true for us when God puts something on our hearts to do. And our response is, well, okay, I'll think about it instead of doing it. We, too, miss out on something important that could impact our lives from God and impact our ability to know Jesus much more intimately in our lives. Psalms 119th chapter, verse 60, in the New Living Translation, adds this. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Now, that word hurry, we're all a little bit wary of because it often impacts us in a negative way. It reminds us of stress and pressure and the problems of hustle and bustle and hurry and worry. And the word hurry is a blessing when it comes to obeying God and doing what he puts in our hearts, doing without delaying or putting it off or thinking about it or ultimately never ever getting around to it at all. So the question is, what is it that you know God has told you to do that you haven't done yet? You know what it is? You just haven't gotten around to it. God is saying, I want you to do it quickly. I want you to do it now. And I don't know what that is for you, but go ahead. Just do it. Just do it now. So the first things God would like us to speed up is to move quickly in what God has called me to do. Secondly, God would like us to move quickly in asking or offering forgiveness. And that's because we are not designed to carry around unforgiveness from either guilt or from a grudge. You see, if you are slow in asking for or offering forgiveness then what you're really doing is you're crucifying yourself between two crosses of feeling guilt or from feeling a grudge. 
And thus guilt in our hearts can be deadly, as can grudges and the bitterness that we might have towards others. God says we need to move quickly in forgiveness to remove the grudges and the guilt from our life. Matthew 5, 23, 24, in the message says, This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, and go to this friend and make things right. In other words, God says, if you want to enter into that rhythm of life that I have for you, and someone has a grudge against you, immediately go with that friend and make it right. So the question is, who in your life you need to make things right with right now? Many of us may have a sense of who that is. Someone you may have a grudge against or has a grudge against you. And you've been carrying that stress and that tension around in your life for a while. But God says, I don't want you carrying all that around. Every day that we fail to ask forgiveness, you're living with a rhythm that's not in God's flow for your life. It's an unnatural rhythm of life. And so the first things God would like us in our lives to quicken, to move quickly in what he has called us to do. Secondly, God would like us to move quickly in offering or asking forgiveness. Thirdly, God would like for us to move quickly in moments of temptation. You see, when temptation comes, there's two things that you should already have in place in your life. One is a prevention plan, which avoids you from putting yourself in tempting situations. And the second is an emergency plan, a panic plan, if you will, when you find yourself suddenly in a tempting situation and you're overwhelmed with a desire to do something that's not too good for you or others, not honoring your spouse, your family, or God. So what do you do in those emergency panic button situations? The Bible says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 11, the Living Bible. He says, run from all evil things. When you're in a moment of temptation, never, ever, my friends, try thinking your way out of it because you're going to lose. What happens when you're tempted is your emotions move in. They take over. Your emotions are never, ever logical. The Bible says when you're tempted, don't fight it, resist it, run from it, replace it. It could be as simple as turning the channel on the TV or turning your mind onto something else. If you don't want to get stung, get away from the bees. If you don't want to drink alcohol, don't go to the bar to eat the pretzels. Just don't put yourself in those situations. If one sneaks up on you out of the blue and you're strongly tempted, run. Just run. 1 Corinthians 6.18 in the New Living Translation says, run from sexual sin. 1 Corinthians 10.14 in the New Century Version says, run away from the worship of idols. You see, idols are simply things that you're so focused on that they're a detriment to other things in your life. Run away from them. Run away from sexual sin. Run away from all kinds of evil that want to take you away from who it is God created you to be and away from the person that you really want to be. For being slow in dealing with temptation when it's upon you will definitely affect the rhythm of your life that God wants flowing within you. And this rhythm of life God wants for you involves moving slowly at times or moving quickly at times, weaving these slow and quick times together to facilitate the best flow of your life, not unlike an auto racer, dancer, or surfer. And although these fast and slow moments in your life may seem unrelated, when you blend them together, they will give you incredible substance and sweetness in your life. It's not unlike the seemingly unrelated ingredients in making a cake. Think about it. Flour, eggs, milk, baking powder, oil, extract, sugar. 
These are radically different ingredients, yet when blended together, they make something incredibly beautiful and sweet and delicious. The same thing is true in blending these seemingly different things together in your life. It's part of the rhythm that God wants us to have. So take it slow when you're lacking all the information. Take it slow when you're hurt or you're angry. Take it slow when you're making a major life decision. And also move quickly in what God calls you to do. Move quickly in offering and asking for forgiveness. Move quickly in moments of temptation. And mixing these slow and these quick things into the rhythm that God wants for you will be good. It will be very, very good. And Christian artist Tim Bowman Jr. has a song with that as its title, I'm Good. Not only does its message touch upon what we've been talking about, but also its rhythm is going to make you feel good. So listen in. People say, Tim, yo, you're my hero. How you do it? How you stay strong? Let them all know there's so much that I've been through. I have my days when it's true, y'all. I just can't smile. I just want to cry. It ain't easy. Sometimes it's work just to be alive. But when I think of the goodness that's come to me, it's easier to let go. Indeed, get into the rhythm and the movement of when it's good to move slowly and when it's good to move quickly so that you can go with the rhythm of God's flow of goodness in your life. So you too can say, I'm good. You pray with me. Dear God, we just thank you for the path of life that you've given each of us and the rhythm of life you have for us to follow it and are moving quickly in some things and moving slowly in others. Help us to embrace this rhythm, dear Father, when we are hurt or angry, when we're making major life decisions, or when we're asking or offering forgiveness, or when we're tempted. And help us, Father, to slow down when we don't have all the information on something. And help us to speed up, Father, when you have called us to do something in our lives. We just thank you so much for your care and your concern for us and the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen.